0: Hi, welcome to another teaching message from Sikama Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. Let's just line up for God's word. We're going to read from Luke chapter 19 before we sit down this morning. Luke and chapter 19. I want everybody everywhere to stand. Let's honor God's word. Luke and chapter 19. And um, it's a story that we love a lot and um, I'm going to preach out of this morning. Um, It's been a good weekend. We've been praying about God frustrating my city and it's starting to happen. And, um, Liverpool would win the league. We have faith for it. And we would win more than the league. Well, let's, let's let's get to God's word. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And, um, there was a man who, the Bible says, is called Zacchaeus, and he was rich. And verse 3 says he desired to see Jesus. But significantly, he couldn't. Because of the crowd, he was short. So he just ran ahead, climbed into a tree because Jesus was going to pass that way. And in verse 5, Jesus meets him and, um, six he receives Jesus joyfully and um, let's just go straight to verse nine Jesus said to him today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost let's pray together father I pray that you would just breathe upon your word and make it so simple that we would understand this morning but let it be so profound that it will make a mark in our lives forever we give you the glory and the praise in Jesus name everybody said amen amen Amen. Tell one or two people God's got a word for you today and I think you can be seated this morning. Okay, so let's talk a bit and then the team will be back to lead us in worship in just a moment before we head out. Sometime, um late last year, I did, I did a quick trip to Lagos. I just went in the morning, was going to come back, um, in the evening. I don't, I don't go to Lagos by road again. I don't see what to make me go by road at least for now. So I jumped on the train early. Um and then got into Lagos, took a cab to where I was going. Um and then when I was done, um, ordered a ride back to the train station. Thought I had timed it good enough. It was supposed to be but you know, Lagos and traffic and all of that. So traffic started to um build up and then I'm just monitoring on my map and it's telling me estimated arrival time. It was a bit tight, but we will get there, you know, like, we should get there, you know, like, we prayed, we should get there. So, I was going and then, you know, so I was really trying to, and you know, that's the thing with ordering rides, the driver comes and sometimes you are trying to transfer your sense of urgency to the driver, so I was trying to tell him that man, I'm trying to meet the train, that like, I'm rushing, the train is for four, so he's like, oh, okay, but I'm entering now, and then he's still, oh yeah, I was trying to prompt him a bit and then maybe after like 15 minutes of him just being sluggish, he just tells me that. So, you say you have a training. I said, I'm trying to meet a train for four if I miss it. That, I, there's no more train. He said, oh, okay, you know, all of that. Anyway, we keep going and then I'm monitoring the time and suddenly my estimated arrival time is now moving to like 4.05, 4.10, you know, I'm like, no, no, no. Then it comes sometimes to 4.02, then it goes back to like 4.10, you know, just all that kind of stuff. Anyway, at some point, um, we—I feel we are getting closer, but it's still giving me like a. So I was just getting agitated. I was telling my wife, "I think I've, I think I've missed the train. I think what will I do?" And we were just—I was just getting agitated. And then, um, while I was just trying to run to the driver, like just trying to tell him that, man, what? Just more like, what can you do? I mean. And then the guy now says yeah hey, uh, that's just that you will not want to take a bike That if you took a bike it can get to there i'm like eh, i didn't know their lagos is like ah uh, that you can show me where to get a bike a oh, uh, bike will get you there that they know how they would do it so i was like eh. this was like six minutes to i'm like where's the bike <laughs> and then um so he's like um okay and uh, if you just cross the road I, i'm like okay i just saw this bike so i just run out across the road and then i get to the back. I'm like, train station, train station. The guy's like, okay. I'm like, I'm almost late. I'm almost late. The guy's like, yeah, come on. now. Then he asked me a question. He said, how many minutes do you have? I'm like, I'm like, um, four, five minutes. And he's like, let's see what we can do. Come. I didn't really understand, but, yeah. And then he started to say things like, ah, that is because you said you want to meet the train that's because you said you want to, train he, I mean, and then he tells me, you know, it's like, so I sat down, he's like, he's like, you're yeah, not used to bike, come close to me, I said, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I said, I, mean, I don't know, anyway, so the guy starts, I mean, cars, he just basically starts going in on cars, coming at us, like, hey, you know, and then, I'm like, oh my god, I hope nobody's here, like, and then he's going, he's going, and then he does all of that, so I I thought that was it, and he just keeps saying that, my brother, it's because then he was kind of smelling half drunk, you know like I was just he was just saying that, that it's because you said (laughs) it's because you said and the next thing, we just burst out on this highway, like he's facing oncoming traffic like it's because you said you need to meet this, (laughs) like yes, I need to meet the train, but don't die (laughs) And you know, he just does all of that. He jumps, he waits for some cars, he swings across the road, you know, blah blah blah. And lo and behold, he just turns out at the station, and then it's like two minutes to four. I'm like, So, no, but but that's the gate of the station. I'm, I'm, that's like the gate of the station, okay. I can't even drive in. And so the guy at the gate is like, you have maybe it was three minutes. Like, you have three minutes, start running, start. So I'm holding my bag. I'm running, I'm I'm sprinting, and that Lego station is so annoying because you have to climb up to come down. So I just run in business run up, you know. I run down and then just like who cares which coach, just jump in and then get in, and it just starts moving. Ah, Then I start saying, Where's even my coach? So like I was just Panic, so I'm, I'm like going, I'm going, and I'm just trying to like walk and even just get my seat. So I'm just walking, ah, ah, like I was feeling breathless out of like I was like, and then I just see, I see, and as I just like wanted to just land, I just say hello, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, I don't know what you saw. Did you see me on the back? I don't know what you saw. I, I can't explain. <laughs> just And and um remember so so apparently it was even a couple in our online church that were about to get married that week and came for, you know, for their wedding and stuff like that. So I'm like nice to see you guys, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, but you know, I don't know if you've had some of those near moments like you just made it in. Maybe for you, it was one of those days that you got a message from your stomach. And you like I have an appointment with you. And you're like, yeah, dad, and then you had been walking, (laughs) you know, you were you were tonguing on it, you were holding it, rebuking it. And then you just got in, and you get what I'm trying to talk about. Like you just made it in. But how about when you miss it? How about when you miss it? One of the things I like anytime I drop someone off at a train station is I like seeing people miss it. I'm sorry it's bad, but I like seeing it. I just wait for you know, you know, so you see that last person coming because I'm like, that could have been me again. You see that last person coming, sprinting and then you know the annoying thing is how it starts to move slowly. <laughs> the, the, you now see the fight breaking out that I was there. Yeah, you did that, you didn't calm down, you missed it, you missed it, you know. It, it can be annoying to miss on anything. To suppose you are to be in, but to miss out on it. Um, it's an annoying pain of rejection. You know, you know that email you get when you apply for a job? Hope this email meets you well. Don't ask me if it meets me well. Tell me your decision. We believe in your career journey. Tell me your decision. You know, It's rejection. Um, or you get a feedback from application you know, you know sometimes when they will start with dear something' like don't there's nothing there what is there about what you're about to tell me it's the pain of rejection pain of rejection maybe even in like a relationship or, um, or a search you were trying to get in on It can be the pain of rejection but honestly in the, in the face of the pain of rejection I also do think that it depends on what you are being rejected like what 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 am I being shut out of? So there are things, for example, um, you just yeah, it's painful, but you know you can just vent and say whatever. Uh, is their country the only country? Our country will also be one of the best countries in 2050. Okay, okay, you know can just be angry. You know I had a friend who back on campus was a man of God, like scripture pouring. Right? Like we wake up, our we roommates wake up in the morning, our jokes, our scriptures, scriptures are always flying. So he was liking a babe so I know you are struggling to reconcile that yes <laughs> you know I was liking this girl and then suddenly I mean he did all he knew to do he, he was he didn't learn enough but he, because he did some things that one, were not, we guys were not so proud of like guys should have told us like he said wanted well, surprise like guy tell us we'll tell you what to do you know so yeah but anyway so he then asked the girl and then girl now she now said no I remember that day the guy came to the room he sat on the floor like I said, remember, like, he's a scripture guy. He just started, He just told me that I should just leave him. He wants to rant. I said, no problem. Then he just started. What is it, Gone? She thinks she's the only one. That's what Elijah thought. But God said, I have 7,000. I've not bowed to Bal. Bow. I'm like, come on. Come on. <laughs> you know. But rejection can be annoying. That's the point. She said no. She said no. Whether 7,000, whether she said no. But what what I think is that in the the face of rejection, it's really all about um, importance or dispensability. Like, can I do without this? So, the big question I have this morning is, um, what if you were trying to get on Jesus and you missed it? Like, if this whole thing of rejection was that I was actually trying to get Jesus and I missed him. Because in Luke 19, which we read in verse 3, the Bible actually makes it clear that, look, Zacchaeus sought to see Jesus. Like, he had desire. Like, like he's trying. Look, look at that in the Message Bible. He wanted desperately to see Jesus. But the crowd was in his way. He was a short man and couldn't see over the crowd. Like, you know, just that feeling of helplessness and of hopelessness and of... Ah, I just can't. What will I do? And there are things that you miss out on and you're like, mm, or whatever, man, get out. But like, I can't see Jesus and I'm trying desperately to see Jesus. And I mean so clearly in scripture, there's desire. He's running, he's desiring. And I think that the world in which we live has that very same desire. People really want Jesus. Yeah, They might not say it with their lips. They might not look it. But I'll tell you the truth, people are looking for Jesus. There is a void in every human heart that is looking for Jesus. This desire. And let, let me clarify what I'm saying. They may hate church, but they're looking for Jesus. They may hate religion, but they are longing for true spirituality. They might even speak a different language, but if you hear what they're saying, it's the same truth. They're looking for Jesus. Bible says Zacchaeus, because if you saw Zacchaeus' profile on the outside, let's be honest, you, 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 you the church guy, you see Zacchaeus' profile on the outside, the Bible is says stuff like Zacchaeus was rich. Zacchaeus is the guy that if you follow him on IG, you have basically seeing his last vacation, he, in fact, his last vacation he did it around three continents, you know, he just bought his daughter a new car for her 14th birthday, you know, what else are you looking for? You know those people that you just finished scrolling through there and you are just sad, you know, you know. Maybe to put it in your context, when I say Zacchaeus was rich, you're not, there thinking what's was with all of that. You know, she, she, she's your, she's your friend in class that stays in private hostel. Okay, I don't know if that was appropriate. I tried to think of that this morning and I thought that was like the level thing, like I in BQ. In those days, it used to be like BQ, you know. Anyway, whatever. Uh, uh, you know, but, but, but the Bible says Zacchaeus was rich. He was privileged. Let's put it that way. It was Privileged. But there was a longing, and it's the same longing in the world in which we live. Um, I want to say to us this morning, the real longing for humanity is for Jesus. And the greatest injustice that you can do against their life is to block their perspective of Jesus. There are many things, listen, there are many things you can do against, like I've seen there's evil in this world. There's abuse, there's, there's madness, there's evil in this world. But let's be honest, the greatest injustice you can do against their life is to block their perspective of Jesus. Because that's what we all need. That's the real need of humanity. Maybe, maybe this morning you walk into church and you're asking, what's this all about? Like, like, okay, I come in here. Maybe you're new or you just started coming or you've been coming. It really doesn't matter. But you come in, you walk into those doors and everything is going on. You know, the lights come on. You know, I just love that pre-service countdown. And it counts down. Um, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Service starts and, and all of that. And if you've never witnessed that. Huh? Anyway, it's like, service starts. And then somebody comes out and, you know, the lights come on. And it's like, yeah, good morning, church. Look, like Let's just get in and praise, whatever. Come on, everyone. Let's get in praise, whatever. And then, and then all of that starts, and 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 then and then the singing, and you see people like jumping, and you know there's all that energy. And then worship starts, and you know there's just all of that going on, and you look around, and then in a moment there's like a meet and greet, and you know and people are asking you questions about your life, like what's their business? What's your business? How I spent last week, you know all of that goes in and then somebody comes up the team and people are giving like oh, why are they giving you know and the team comes up leads worship somebody comes to preach and you know and then close out and all of that and then you walk out of those doors what does it all mean why do you do all of that what's it all about why the noise why the fuss why why do we even spend Sunday mornings that way why, why are they always talking about all this life group stuff and connects and activities why is all of that going on what's all of this all about I just want to say to everybody today It's all about Jesus. That this church exists to create an elevation for everyday, ordinary people to see Jesus, to experience Him. To everything from the doors opening to the lights to whatever to the sound, everything you hear is layers and layers of intentionality, saying, "You know what? We all need Jesus." That's what it's all about. And I'm not saying this this morning just to people that feel far away, like, you know, just the Zacchaeus on the back line. Ah, yes, I understand what you're saying. Like, I just feel like I can't even witness Jesus' experience. I've never been around church and all of that. I'm not just saying it to people far away. I'm saying it this morning to people close. I'm saying it to people on the front lines that have gotten so familiar and need to be reminded. What we really need is an encounter with Jesus. May we not be so close, but so far. Saying it to every one of us, this is what our lives are about. It's layers and layers of a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. It's an insatiable quest in the soul of humanity that only Jesus can fill. i say to everybody this morning, your greatest need is not even coming to church. Your greatest need is an encounter with Jesus. Don't be so familiar with just the settings and the... Your greatest need is an encounter with Jesus. Your greatest need is not Bible principles greatest need is not 10 you know 10 things the bible says the greatest need is an encounter with the person that the bible points to the bible is pointing us to jesus about surrendering to Jesus and I I love that the Bible says in that place of desperation Zacchaeus ran and climbed into a sycamore I, I just like the picture and it's it's something I can't get over that Zacchaeus is running to a place where Zacchaeus is safe to go that there's a place where it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter it's he's not being judged he's not being condemned he's safe to be in that place but what is so beautiful is that in a place where Zacchaeus is safe Jesus is also welcome and that there is a meeting point between the realities of Zacchaeus and who he is and you know what everybody thinks of him he's safe to be there and Jesus is pleased to be there I believe that the Sycamore that God calls us to is a place where Zacchaeus is safe and Jesus is pleased to be it's a place where because let's be honest everybody we're all crowded out we're all crowded out this is not just a crowd of human beings. This is the crowds of a generation that we live in. Anybody? This is a crowd, this is a crowd of pressures. I don't know what Monday is like for you sometimes, but, but sometimes making it through one week is a miracle. Anybody? Like the crowds of pressures, of decisions, of voices, of noises, of stuff happening, crowds of need sometimes. We are all crowded out. Every one of us lives in the pressures of the crowd. What we need. Schedules crowd us out. That sometimes what is crowding Jesus, let's be honest, is actually religion. Let's be honest. Sometimes what is putting the crowd around Jesus is layers and layers of religion. Um, We're crowded. Pressures, Work. Sometimes it's not, and that's the point, that's what I'm saying. It's not like Zacchaeus hates God. It's just that it's hard. It's just hard. It's a crowd. But I'm so glad that every single time that we gather... Every single time that I come around here, I'm so glad that there is intentionality pointing me towards Jesus. Helping me to see him. Not, You see, we don't come here to see people. We don't come here to see superstars. We don't come here to, we come here because there is something in us. That is what this is all about and I pray we will never forget it. And honestly, for you, that is too simple a thing to be about, then I'm sorry. That's what we've got. If that is too, like, 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 you know, sometimes they're like, hey, yeah, yeah, no, I get the whole, like, saying Jesus, but like, like something deeper. I'm sorry. Like, like, that's what we're about. That's what this is all about. That we need something fresh with Jesus. And I want to say this morning that as we set our focus for the year, right? And as individuals, over the last three weeks, we've been doing a lot of setting our focus for the year. We're building into Vision Sunday and all of that. And I wanted to share this with you today that um, we must be reminded of what this is about because Psalm 92, let me show you Psalm 92 and verse 12 I'll read 12 to 14 of Psalm 92 the Bible says in Psalm 92, let's have it on the screen Psalm 92 and verse 12 the Bible says the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree and you see, I believe this is God's promise over our lives I believe that this is God's desire we were praying the scripture yesterday at oh man, how good was Super Saturday yesterday we're praying the scripture, I'm talking about, you know, being planted and flourishing and being fresh, with, fruitful, fresh and flourishing, right? Shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Now look at verse 13. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Put me on 13 again. Thank you so much. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. And so this is so important because one of God's first blessings on your life the child of God will be to plant you. One of the first things God will do in your life. We want flourishing. We want a year of flourishing. We want all of that. One of the first things God will do will be to plant you in the ground. Just that sense of being planted. That sense of this is a place and it's connected to that being planted that we see the flourishing, the freshness, the fruitfulness that it is connected to being planted. In Psalm 68 and verse 6, the Bible says God sets the solitary in families. One of the first blessings God will do in your life is that He will put you in your place, He would plant you, He would place you. And when God plants you, then the responsibility is to take roots deeper, to be more about my ground so that I can bear fruit higher. That there is a scriptural principle all through where you read that the mark of the blessing has just been planted. The mark of being blessed is being planted. and that, Just that sense of my roots are grounded and then it's connected to my fruits going up. You see it all over scripture. Jeremiah 17 verse 7 to 8. You see it in Isaiah 37 verse 31. You see it in Psalm 1 and verse 3. It's a theme all over scripture. Planted leads to fruitfulness. Rootedness will bear fruit upwards. And so I would say, you know, don't set a focus for yourself for the year without understanding your plantedness. Don't be about, you know, my year, my plans without understanding my place that God has put me in. Because it's key to your flourishing. I want to live the kind of life where I understand my plantedness. I understand the places God put me. That I am planted in my marriage. I am planted in relationships God put in my life. I am planted in my responsibilities that God put in my hand. I am planted in the church that God put me to be in, I am planted in what God calls me to. So that as I put my roots in there and my roots go deeper, then I will indeed bear fruit. That plantedness is connected to fruitfulness. I'll say to you, friends, true faith in Jesus is not just about believing. It is also about belonging. That when we put our faith in Jesus, it's not just a thing of what happens in our hearts in terms of believing. It's a thing of where our lives come to belong. That God brings us. He sets the solitary families. and It's a principle. So, let me say a few things this morning. Just as we look at this in Luke 19 again and what it means to us. Obviously, you can tell this means a lot to us. I want to say a few things about what we get planted in, the kind of church that I believe we long to be, Um, the kind of space that I believe God has called us to be in, to stand in. You might hear all of this this morning, honestly, and it might do two things to you. On one hand, it might give you a deep sense within you, like this is not my place. And honestly, with all my heart, I tell people, where you find that, where you find this is not my place, I'll do everything I can to support you to be in your place. But on the flip side, I hope that it does for people that sense of this is my place and this is my responsibility. All right? It's not about, you know, every plant cannot be planted. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not every. Do you get what I'm trying to say? All right. So, let me say a few things this morning. May we be the kind of church always where Zacchaeus is safe? Where Zacchaeus is safe. May we be the kind of Sycamore where Zacchaeus can run to and be safe and can, can climb in and be safe without condemnation, without where Zacchaeus can be safe, where Zacchaeus can be safe. And every time we come in here, we love to see those words, welcome home, and home is more than just a statement of a place. Home is a way you feel. Home is an acceptance. Home, and I pray that we would always be a church and as we set our focus on about who we are, I pray we would always be a church where we are generous with acceptance, that if we would err, let's err on the side of being too generous with that acceptance let's let's give everybody a chance let's give Zacchaeus a chance let's let's not be the ones that draw lines and shut people out let's not be the ones that put a crowd and shut people out let us be generous with acceptance let it be about people having a chance to encounter Jesus we love to say that everybody has a chance everybody deserves a chance to reject Jesus you may not accept but I pray we won't hold back the chance I pray that we'll be generous with a sense so that means, in the real implications, that means sometimes you sit down in church and you look across the row, and everything in your religious mind would say, what is that person doing there? Uh, everything. The question I want to ask is, what are you doing there? Right? What are you doing there? Everybody deserves a chance. That means sometimes, you know, sometimes it's painful because I even, at, the, at the end of a service, I, you know, I, sometimes I hear a report of how somebody's phone was stolen the first thing I want that is church but I'm like, just yes, let the thieves come and hear the gospel, keep your phones, okay, but but yeah, so, so sometimes it, it becomes that kind of church where even my property is not safe, but thank God that Zacchaeus is safe and can come, amen, amen. so, may we be that kind of a church where Zacchaeus is safe, the second thing I will say this morning May we be that kind of church where Zacchaeus genuinely encounters Jesus. The goal of this thing is not just to say, Zacchaeus, be safe, sit down. The goal of this is to say, be safe so that you can encounter Jesus. And this year, more than ever before, I'm believing with all my heart to see a culture. Of decisions for Jesus to just see that 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 you know that generosity of this is what it's about and that's why every week we gather every time we gather we would make an invitation we would give somebody a chance we would and it's beautiful to see people responding last year looking through the stats last year we had we had almost 200 people make decisions for Jesus in our services and events through last year beautiful to see lives and lives and lives and that is what this is all about that is our passion that is what we long to see that people real people can genuinely encounter Jesus don't know what it means to you when we put people here and we start to baptize people and you hear every one of these testimonies and people saying how I came to put my faith in Jesus that is what it is all about that's what we live for that's what we would die for to see people put their faith in Jesus that journey of an encounter with Jesus. I want to say, friends, may never be awkward around here to have a conversation about Jesus. You don't come around here and say, I'm not the kind of person that likes to talk about Jesus. stuff. That's what we talk about. That's why we're here, okay? Uh, the, what do you want to talk about? You know, you ask somebody, how are you doing with Jesus? And he's like, it's kind of awkward. So what do you want? How are you doing with Satan? Is that what you want? No, we don't do that. We talk about how you do with Jesus. We want to help you. A life group leader wants to ask you about whether you've been reading your Bible because that's what it's about. It's not weird. It's what it is always about that there's a genuine sense of people encountering Jesus. It's not just about farms in. It's not just about Zacchaeus, be safe, be safe. It's about being challenged. It's about being pointed to the substance of who Jesus was. Zacchaeus didn't sit down on that tree and it became about a tree thing. Zacchaeus came to that tree and it became about an encounter with Jesus. And that's what I want to say. May may, may this this church, may this church never be out to attack Zac, but to, to get them... But I say, may this church never be out to attack Zach, but to get Zach back on track. That's what I wanted to say. So, that's what it's all about. That's why when, when we make an invitation, that's why I tell the church to stand. Because it's what we're about. It's what we, all of us, that um, standing together, people are praying. You know, one of the greatest evils against Christianity in this generation, is that feeling of my own Christianity. Eh? Um, privacy, my own Christianity. That, you know, you, know, you know, my own truth, my own, you know, you just make your own. It's one of the greatest evils against Christianity in this day and age. That you just define a Christianity for yourself. It's all about you. And you know, I want to say, You don't update the settings of Christianity to a convenience mode. You don't do that. You take it for what it is. There's this selfishness about Christianity that I see today. Selfishness. That's just about you. You, Why do you come to church? I come to be blessed. Who told you? You come to be a part of what God is doing. In being a part of what God is doing, you are blessed. God didn't bring you here to bless you. What what, is that? I I just came to hear a word for myself. What do you mean? We come to build God's kingdom, we come to be a part of what God is doing in the earth, are you hearing me this morning? That's selfish, so somebody just says, I don't like that song, <laughs> we are praising Jesus, is it you? Is he about the song you like? I said Jesus, like, do you understand what I'm saying? So you are singing about him, you are praising him, we come to be a part of what God is doing. God plans us to belong, not to, not uh, you know, that selfishness you know you know we live in a world of customized king you know so you come to church like christian is king like you know that he has made us kings and priests and so God. absolutely he has but if as a christian you ever become more about your kingship than about his lordship you've missed the point i'll say that again if as a christian you ever you ever become more about your kingship than his lordship you've missed the point Customer is king. What's my preference? Church is not about you. Church is about Jesus. Let me look at somebody. The person is sweating already, but just say it. Say, Church is not about you. Church is about Jesus. This is the same gospel that people died for. People died for. You can't come early to church. And we're going to the same heaven. It's that kind of faith. It's that kind of thing we belong to. People lay their lives down for this thing. But, you know, customer is king. That's how I feel. It's kind of hot. We shall saving you from eternal heat. It's not just a trivial thing. You know, Christian is king. I don't... So, so, I mean, even as much as in a service like this, you, you want to make an invitation, and I ask Christians to stay standing. You can't stand because you are already saved. You can't support. So you just sit down like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> we belong to something. Do you understand what I'm saying? We belong to something. When you see, I like watching football, when you see a team, eh, you see a team, um, about to start a game, and you know, especially when you watch like national football, I think you see the players standing to sing the national anthem, and you see somebody on the bench sitting down and chewing gum. Something is wrong with that person. Because we're all a part—whether I'm playing or I'm not, or I'm—there's something we're all a part of. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a passion we all hold. I feel like I long to see people come to church just as anointed as though they were going to preach, prayed up at the hour of prayer. Acts chapter three. Peter and John were on their way to the temple to pray. They were raising a man. Did you hear what I just said? They were on their way to pray. They had not just finished praying. They were on their way to pray. They were raising a lame man. Why? They were going fired up. It was not about when we get to church. Why don't we pray enough in church? So that you can pray your house. We gather to create a move of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, It's not about you. But the only thing you want us to now do is to remove Jesus from what the song and put your name. That's what you're still waiting for. And I just promise you in Jesus' name, we'll never do that. Because you are not our Savior, you are not our King. You didn't go on the cross for us. You didn't lay your life down. You didn't put your blood down for us. Are you hearing me? It's not about you. Look at somebody and say, it's about Jesus. So Zacchaeus is safe, but Zacchaeus is challenged. Look at Zacchaeus, look at Zacchaeus responding in generosity. Zacchaeus starts to say, look, I give, if I've cheated anybody, I give fourfold of to back to the person. Look at Zacchaeus responding in generosity. Why? Because he's challenged. A genuine encounter with Jesus will change your priorities. You don't come to Jesus and just tell him to take you as you are, full stop. Jesus takes you as you are so he can make you what he wants you to be. Jesus so loves you that he won't leave you the way you are. Are you hearing me? Any Jesus that collects you to keep you as you are, to just keep covering you, he doesn't, he doesn't really love you. Jesus loves you so much that he wants to change you. He loves you so much that he believes you can be more. Here you are, stingy, stingy. When Jesus is challenging you. Jesus is challenging you that you can be more than that. You can be somebody that gives. You are calling everybody out to the week. Uncle, uncle, have you remembered me? You can be somebody calling people and say just send me your account number. You don't believe. You don't believe. Jesus wants to change you. Stingy. How Christians are stingy. Hey. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. But there's a bunch of people around here that love Jesus and are generous. We made up our mind when we were starting church. We'll never be the kind of church that will come and put pressure on. Them. Never, by the grace of God. If God instructs me. We will discuss. But not, not, with anybody? If you, if you tie tight, if you don't tight, I would not tell you to stand up them, so I will pray specially. Or you come, you know, Or you come for you see my second. Or you, you know between you and God. Not putting pressure on anybody. We've done last year. If you know how much we spent on projects last year alone. Crazy money. Nobody came to you to come and say, oh yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Is that what you have for God, for your God, for the one that saved you, that kept you from January, February, March, April? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but don't take that as a license to be foolish. Don't. It's an opportunity for you to be safe to grow. In everything about your life, you are planning this year and saying strategically, I want to be more in this, I want to be more. Have you planned strategically and say, How will I give more this year? How will I raise? The, the, the offering you give for the last five years has been the same. And nothing in you feels on top, You are so good to just put it there. And I receive it in plenty fold. So you won't fold the money, you fold it that you recollect in plenty fold. Generous. Be generous. Let me tell you something about Titan. God is not dying for your 10%. He wants everything you are. He tells you to represent it to him by giving your first. So I'm sorry, but I always tell people that you going there, you're sitting down and arguing about something as simple as tight. Like 10. You're arguing it with all your. I always tell people that. Okay, before you were born, churches had existed and they were fine. After you die, they will still exist, they will be fine. The church is not at the mercy of your tithe. The church can. So you are (laughs) fighting. Like you are doing that. Jesus said, I will build my church. Ah. He may just not use you, but He will do what He's doing. you get the privilege to be a part of what he's doing. So like I said, from when the doors open and you walk in and all of that, what is it all about? It is a people that are passionate about creating an elevation for people to see Jesus. Why do I give? Because I'm so grateful to be a part of that miracle. And every time I see somebody make a decision, I see families come together, I see God working a miracle in people, every expression out of this house, by the grace of God, my name is on it. By the grace of God. Privilege. I won't trade that for anything. At some point, we need to know. Uh, okay, my clock is ticking. I said this is the year. I'm not preaching long. <laughs> long is relative. In the last chapter of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says that you know, friends, um, the verse kept on my mind. He says something about. Um, concluding this brief episode something like that. like in chapters. Short is relative. Um, but what I'll do, I'll start putting my sermon notes in a briefcase. So that I'll be brief. People don't value good jokes. That's, that's a problem. Let me look at somebody and say the gospel is about Surrender. is your savior tell somebody if Jesus is your savior he must also be your lord he must be able to call the shots on your life you must live for his pleasure not your pleasure look at somebody else and say find your pleasure in his pleasure that person again say find your pleasure in his pleasure Say that's what the gospel is about Amen. Last thing I'm going to say this morning, I've said that I pray that we would always be a church where Zacchaeus is safe. I pray it would always be a church where Zacchaeus genuinely encounters Jesus, where Zacchaeus is challenged. Um, let me say this morning: I pray it would always be a church where Zacchaeus has a friend, where Zacchaeus has a friend, um, where Zacchaeus has a friend. So, if you're the kind of person that always wants to write a topic for the sermon, I forgot to give you my topic. My topic is get Zac back on track get Zach back on track. Don't attack Zach. Get Zach back on track. That's the, that's the point. But Zach has a friend. And um, whatever this means to you, I just pray that in that safety that we offer, that we present, that as somebody walks in through those doors and what we're about and
1: Walking that journey, whether
0: just, you know, connecting in our communities or life groups or connects or it's in a church environment. What does it mean when you have a 60 seconds meet and greet? What does it mean when somebody's asking tomorrow at 9.30 a.m.? What does it mean when all of that is going on in church that people come from the outside as like an outsider and get in on the inside that, um, genuinely we can be that church that, um, people find connection that people find real connection and that's that's my prayer whether in in the building whether online that people find real connection that there is generous support for people to walk their journey um that you know we live in a world that is very divisive and pushing people away but i pray that we would have a church that is welcoming that is connecting that is safe um for Zacchaeus to have a friend so it doesn't matter who you are that we can be that generous and it's not about what we say on the altar it's about what happens on the pews right it's not about um listing the points in a sermon it's about your response to to somebody it's about you know caring enough it's about um noticing that you haven't seen a face it's about looking out for somebody it's about it's just about us and how we respond to that okay um so this year i really want to challenge us that as you set your focus don't just attend church i want to challenge you to be the church I want to challenge you to carry a weight of ownership. Let this be the year that you don't just show up in a place that you attend, but that you carry a weight um, of ownership, that you're a part of something bigger than you. Let this be the year where you live for something more than just yourself, but where you're a part of something bigger than you, where you stand in testimonies, in miracles of what God is doing. Um, not just about your life. Let this be the year where you are deeply connected and you are part of something bigger than you. Let it be said of you, like it was said in John 2 and verse 17. John 2 and verse 17 about Jesus. It was said, the zeal of your house has consumed me. The zeal for your house, uh, the, the, um, NKW says, has eaten me up, right? Let it be said about you this year that there is that kind of zeal and passion about the house of God. And let's take the blessing on this. Like there is a huge blessing on this. There's huge value on this. And the way we come into it is that we own it, that we become the church. So we are people that are blessed out of the house of God. just people that kind of attend and you know float around let's be people that are um, planted that are rooted let it tell in our attitude let it tell in our vibe let it tell in our hey friends let it tell in your punctuality let it tell in your punctuality let it tell in your punctuality if you came late to church today i'm not judging you uh, kind of half but not exactly (laughs) but let it tell in your punctuality let it tell in your attitude I, i told myself many years ago i don't say this because i'm pastor of this church i say this because i'm somebody through my journey has just seen the value of what god does through his house in my life years ago i remember telling god i was looking for a place i remember where i was praying and asking god i was looking for a place because i understood that just that sense of identity of what god is doing of purpose would be connected to a place and i was going around places trying to find a place and nothing was just sitting That's why I tell people, don't force yourself here. Honestly, don't. If it's not it, it's not it. I would say that with all my heart. Don't force yourself. But where I remember telling God that if you give me a place, that I will do everything I can, I will plant myself, I'll pour myself. And I remember walking into those doors one of those days and and just sensing that I think God wants me here. That was life-defining for me. I can take you through a journey of years of pouring myself, of being there, of generosity, of serving, of involving myself and not holding back because I've found that what God is doing, he does out of his house, that he blesses you out of his house, that you you find fulfillment. God will not, let me tell you, let me help you everybody, God will not leave what he's doing to come and join you in what you want him to do. Do you understand? God will involve you in what he's doing. Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? So God is building a kingdom, he's building his house. He will not leave that to come and start looking for your life and what your plans are. He will involve you in what he's doing and through what he's doing he will start to bless your life. He will start to give you a new sense of value, a new sense of purpose. He will bless your home. He would raise your children. He will bless your children. He will put that blessing on generations. He will He will fulfill his plan and his purpose and his design over your life but he will bless you out of what he's doing. He would involve. That's the biggest privilege we have in life and I made up my mind years ago. I remember and, and I saw it and I saw just the change and the transformation. I saw that the, what am I looking for? What am I longing for? God what's it is it relationships is it the blessing is it that sense of fulfillment is it just that working of God out of his house in that place of faithfulness see now God blesses me and I just want to say today friends let that be our kind of vibe let's honor what God is doing let's be people that are co-workers with God let's set the focus to, to just be about what God is doing let's understand it in a deep way and be about it Say finally this morning that the proof of desire is pursuit. So, you know, when you see in Luke 19 and verse 3, the Bible says that Zacchaeus desired, sought, desperately wanted to see Jesus, but he could not because of the crowd. But, you know, you you then read on and, and, and you see that Zacchaeus now ran ahead and climbed into a tree. How do we say that Zacchaeus genuinely desired? Because we saw, we see the way he ran. Sees pursuit. Zacchaeus ran. Proof of desire is pursuit. Maybe you're here this morning, and for all that I'm saying, Tim, you're going to come in a minute. For all that I'm saying, you just get that sense of, yeah, running hard, trying hard. Um, my, my desire for Jesus this year. Like, like, as I'm speaking, you feel like a weight is coming on your shoulders. Like, yes, I really desire Jesus, and I need to beat the crowd. I need to do what it takes. I need to climb the tree. I need to do the hard work, the hard disciplines. I need to. Maybe that's the way you hear it. I'll tell you, just hold on, hold on and hear me through. But the proof of desire is pursuit. Desire is seen in pursuit that it creates. And just in that moment, when Zacchaeus is running and he's climbing the tree, and you're saying, man, Zacchaeus really desires Jesus. I'll tell you, wait a minute. Who was really doing the pursuing? Who was really doing the running? Is it really about Zacchaeus climbing a tree or was it about a savior that came down from glory? Is it about Zacchaeus running on those dusty roads or is it about a savior himself? Why was Jesus even there? Who was the one that created all things? Who planted that tree? Who ordered things? Who orchestrated the movement? Was it not Jesus just setting Zacchaeus up for himself? Who was really pursuing? Was it not Jesus who was all the while pursuing Zacchaeus that he did what it took to come near so that Zacchaeus could reach? Was it really about Zacchaeus climbing a tree or was it about Jesus climbing a cross? Was it really about Zacchaeus' pursuit or was it about Jesus' pursuit? And today what I want to remind you friends is that just in that place where you feel the pursuit to reach Jesus, I want to remind you of Jesus' pursuit to reach you. you walk into these doors and you're thinking of what it takes to be a part of the church but do you remember do you remember about a savior who has qualified you to belong about a savior who has done all the hard work so that you can respond in responsibility and be a part of what he is doing that the real mark of pursuit here the real mark of desire is is the desire of a savior and my prayer this morning is that we will be the kind of church that senses like never before the desire of our savior and of our lord and all that he did going up that cross and his longing for humanity and we would see it would see the passion in his eyes and we would we would be in touch with it again in a very fresh way and on the other side we will be Christians that understand the longing and the desire of Zacchaeus and we will be a church that is a bridge between the longing of Jesus and the longing of the lost we will be a church that is a connecting point between the longing and the desire of Jesus and the longing and the desire of the world we will be a church where Zacchaeus is safe to come and Jesus is pleased To dwell, we will be loud about the name of Jesus for the sake of a sinner. We will be loud about the name of Jesus for the sake of the lost. We'll be loud about the hope that is in Jesus for the sake of a hopeless world. We'll be loud about the grace that is in Jesus for the sake of a desperate world. We will be loud about the love and the heart of Jesus for the sake of a longing world. The church that we see is a bridge, it's a bridge because Jesus longs to come. And Zacchaeus longs to come. The church that we see is that every time we gather, whether in this building or online or anywhere we are, in any life group, the church that we see is a place where real everyday ordinary people are pointed to the reality of a savior who loves us, who is doing all the pursuit, who came down and climbed up that cross so that we can be people that choose him and reach him. That's the church that we see. And I pray more than ever before this year we'll plant ourselves in with a sense of calling not a sense of duty with a sense of pleasure not a sense of pressure. we'll plant ourselves in we'll do all we can to be builders together with God Amen Amen Amen. Amen. I'm done (laughs) Run up, you're clapping, run up, and we're gonna to worship together this morning. I'm gonna look at somebody next to you and say the church that we see is as much your church as it is my church. Now say it with some meaning. Look for somebody else, say it with some meaning this time. Say the church that we see is as much your church as it is my church. I'll tell somebody, say don't just come to church. Say be the church. Look at somebody i'll say you're an owner of the church. Tell, 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 look, look for somebody else. Look for somebody else. Say, okay, you've like look for everybody around you now. Okay, just look for the first person again and say you're an owner of this thing. Don't just come to this thing. Be the church. Be the church. Own the passion in your heart. Now, you look for one last person. And I want you in 30 seconds to summarize today's sermon. 30 seconds. Tell the person that thing that the person must know as. Yeah, I'm, I'm for real. Tell the person in your own words I want more. voices everybody, I want more. Come on. Bless the day that hunger and thirst because they will be filled. Sing it one more time. I want more. If we can just honor this moment, I'm going to pray for you in just a moment, church. But I want to ask this morning, somebody came to church and you're not in the right place with God. And there's only one way you can be made right. It's through Jesus. I don't know who you are or how you got to be here. Maybe you're new. Maybe you're just visiting. Maybe you've been coming. really doesn't matter. My question today is whether you can boldly say that you are in the right place with God through Jesus. That you have consciously surrendered the lordship of your life to Jesus. That your sins are forgiven and that you're living in that boldness of I'm saved, I'm saved, that, that confidence before an almighty God. And if you stood today before an almighty God, you can boldly say that I'm in a right standing with him. That's my question today. And you know what, if anybody's standing here today, it's because we have consciously surrendered to Jesus. It's not because of who we are, we're messed up in ourselves, but because of Jesus, because of the grace, because of the freely given grace that he went up on that cross and died a death that he didn't deserve to die so that we can have a life that we don't deserve to have. You know jesus yes was so powerful it took him from life to death so that it can take you from death to life and this morning i'm asking who would who wants to take that this morning who wants to say you know what i'm not right with god i need a savior i need to be forgiven i need it this morning as we speak today i know i'm not right and i need to be set right with god i'm going to count the three where you are i'm going to ask you just put your hand on your chest let him see you let him know that you're making a conscious decision of surrender this morning are you ready you know what it's for you, and you know it. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, God bless you. See, see people, one, two, three. Put your hand on your chest where you are. God bless you. God bless you. Hands across the room. God bless you. It's a miracle. It's not man-made. It's not anything anybody can do. It's, It's the Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning. God bless you. Thank you for your sincerity today. God bless you. God bless you. That's a miracle after miracle. God bless you. God bless you you know what this is a family not a crowd we're going to say prayer together if your hand is on your chest i want you to say this you know boldly knowing that 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 god hears you he knows you god bless you i see people all the way to the back if you're online also where you are just do it this morning put that hand on your chest right we're going to say prayer with you together this morning if that's you and i want you to say with all your heart the bible says with our hearts we believe and with our mouth we confess unto salvation can we all say together this morning Heavenly heavenly father i come to you today because you've made a way for me to come, to come. Through, the death, through the death the burial and the resurrection, the resurrection of your son, your son Jesus so I believe with all my heart that Jesus, Jesus Christ is the son of God Jesus and is the son savior of the world of say today I confess, I confess Jesus as my savior, as my savior and my lord. my lord please forgive me of the past and give me a whole new start Say, wash me clean in your blood. Say, I'm a child of God. I confess you as my Savior and my Lord. Say, one day I'll be with you in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate that miracle this morning? Thank you so much for joining us here at Sycamore Church. If you prayed that prayer at the end, we're so excited about your decision for Jesus and we would love to help you get established in your relationship with Him. So please let us know about your decision at www.sycamore.church forward slash Jesus. There you'll also find all kinds of resources to help you build your relationship with Jesus. If you enjoyed this message, we would love for you to subscribe wherever you're listening. Or visit www.sycamore.church forward slash resources. Again, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.